Alrighty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 475. Uh, Brianna, how are you? Baseball's back. Baseball's back. The Braves have had some high-scoring games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little different, right? But I've been watching a little bit. You? Yeah, I, I've watched all the Jays games so far. Uh, it was, like, super brutal because we, we should have won all three games in the opening series in Tampa, and we only end up winning one. So, mm-hmm. not good. Not good when you collapse in the eighth and ninth inning with a lead. It's not good. But, hey, yeah. we, we beat the Nationals yesterday, so I'll take that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I'm happy baseball's back and hockey's back tonight as well. And basketball's, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's good. There's stuff to watch. Yeah. If I have the energy and the time to watch it, but, uh, yeah, well, I don't sit there and like, that's all I do. It's on in the background while I'm doing other things. Exactly. So anyhow, um, all right. Well, we got a, uh, a good show for you this week. No guests, super quick and easy. Uh, four very interesting stories, a range of things from a, a number of brands doing some pretty creative things. Uh, so I'll let Aubriana kick us off. All right. So this is kind of a, well, it's being claimed as an industry first. And I don't know of anything exactly like this that's out there yet, but Walmart is teaming up with kind of a few different partners uh, to let people buy their groceries through email. Kind of interesting, right? Mm -hmm. So um, basically Verizon Media has announced that now if you are a Yahoo email subscriber, that you can do this groceries from Walmart program. Um, so basically you can browse, you can add to cart, you can you know buy whatever it is that you want to right within your Yahoo mail app. And then you can apply the coupons that you might be getting within your mail um, or promotions right there within the same app. So they can personalize your grocery recommendations based on your Yahoo profile. Um, they say the cart doesn't expire. So if you wanna like start putting things in and then you know purchase towards the end of the week or whatever, it's not gonna, not going to go away. Um, you know, last year Yahoo Mail launched Grocery View, which kind of offers like different store uh, stores in your areas, different deals that are available there. Um, and so this one's going to allow customers to to load up their cart, you know, and then pick it up from the nearest Walmart location. Um, so I, what I thought was interesting about this story is that you know they're citing about how. COVID has brought along, you know, so many consumer changes in our behavior and how we shop, uh, which is true. I don't think that that's not true at all. But what I think is really interesting is that uh, I actually think that the Verizon uh, media portion of this is very interesting because with a lot of changes, you know, with cookies uh, or, you know, anyways, third party cookies and, and obviously with the IDFA and like kind of the tracking of consumer behavior, you know, context data, first party contextual data is really going to be king. So the contextual data that an app like Yahoo would have on its own consumers to be able to offer something in app based on those users' preferences um, and behavior is pretty interesting. So I think that, you know, the that type of data is moving to the forefront and we're probably gonna see more things like this come into play. I mean, I don't use Yahoo Mail, uh, I don't know that many people that do, but you know, I'm sure that they still have a ton of subscribers and obviously Walmart is a huge store. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how this pans out from, um, from that perspective, but yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's quite interesting. So I, I do use Yahoo Mail. In fact, uh, so like Verizon, I guess, um, up here in Canada, I'm on Rogers uh, uh, cellular network and their mail provider or their mail services is, is through Yahoo. Um, so yeah, we, so we have Yahoo Mail and um, I, I don't think this is available in Canada, but um, it's, I think it's very interesting. Two things I like about it. One is, is that um, this idea of sort of, you know, building and filling your cart over, you know, say the course of a week as, you know, you think of things that you need on your grocery list or whatever. I think that kind of uh, is interesting, but I'm with you. I think the, the data um, in, in app opportunities to monetize and to drive transactions, I think is becoming really interesting. We're seeing Twitter and Instagram and all kinds of other platforms now really move into commerce and move into sort of, you know, you know, branded advertising and, and, you know, whatnot, because I think the targeting outside, you know, is, is getting more difficult. Right. So, um, so I think it'll be really interesting. I think, uh, for a lot of these types of companies or, or these service providers, you know, whether you want to call, call them that Yahoo, um, is interesting. It, it's so funny every time, you know, I see the name Yahoo and we're in North America, I'm like, are they still around? But they are. Like, I mean, as a mail service, they're still there, right? Um, you know, because when I'm in Japan, where on the where we have the LVMA operations, there Yahoo's huge. Like, they're like they're a completely separate legal entity, and they're number one in search uh, by far. Like, outpace Google and everybody. So, it's 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 so weird to me to see that brand. But um, yeah, it, I I think this is interesting. I think it's it, it's a good move by Walmart to try to leverage, um, you know, this type of partnership. We'll see if others follow, if Kroger or other people are going to try to find similar types of approaches, but I think very interesting. All right, second story, going all the way over to Iceland now. Uh, the Keflavik uh, airport in Iceland uh, is using AI um, data um, or AI platform to analyze and visualize data around passenger management and flow. So this is really interesting. So they're looking at passengers, capacity loading, physical distancing, all kinds of different things using AI to kind of crunch that data. But what's really neat about it is, is they're visualizing that data on screens in the back of the house. So normally um, if airports are doing this uh, to kind of show what wait times are like, for example, at you know, security check-ins or those kinds of things, usually those screens that you see showing wait times are front of house, like where the customer or the passenger coming through the airport in this case can kind of see and make a decision, I'm gonna go to gate A instead of gate C or whatever, because um, the line's shorter. But this is, they're really playing this out at back of house where they can, they think they have the ability to affect staffing or, you know, um, you know, service, you know, provision or different kinds of things um, to kind of understand and manage flow or, you know, social distancing isn't being followed. We need to send more people there to enforce or, you know, whatever the cases might be. I think this is, is very interesting. Um, so like it's all highly visible screens kind of showing gate lineups and, and other decisions. And, um, you know, they're using a company called v, uh, Viovo, I think is how you say it, V-E-O-V-O. -O. Uh, they're a UK-based company that specializes in mass transportation type of data visualizations. Uh, they're blending data from sensors, 
from airline schedules, from booking uh, uh, databases, and the airport operational database as well uh, for wait times and lane productivity and uh, boarding pass scans and all that type of stuff. So super interesting um, that they're blending that data together. Um, they're not obviously the only company that's doing this type of work uh, in terms of data aggregation. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of this in, in more traditional retail, but I think it's very interesting and very effective or can be very effective in transportation settings. And especially as we're trying to see a return to travel and you know, business travel and, and tourist travel, I think, uh, you know, being able to manage some of these things in terms of face masks and social distancing and wait times and queuing and all that sort of stuff, I think becomes very, very important. So I, I think this is interesting. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think this is a good time for airports or places that anticipate traffic going back up again. Uh, I think this is a great time for them to start implementing this type of data and analytics, right? So um, having the ability to do that when there's far less people traveling and far less people maybe working, um, you know, there's a lot less flights that are being scheduled right now, uh, at least, you know, here in the States. And I'm sure it's kind of the same in a lot of different, you know, other countries as well. But I think that this is a good time to start implementing these type these types of programs, uh, because if you can analyze the data as it is with you know a few people that are there, then as things scale up, I think it's going to help with flow, with um, you know social distancing, with you know just making things a lot better than they were. And I think that's a hard thing to do when the airports are as busy as they you know have been pre-COVID times. So kind of taking a scaled approach, you know, I think this is what's happening um, within a lot of industries right now, but, you know, somewhere that has a lot of bodies that typically occupy a space, this needs to be implemented now. I mean, we've seen this with, uh, you know, your company, Ground Level Insights, and how you're able to use different technology and sensors to, um, in, in, a, in a variety of ways, right? So whether that applies to marketing or analytics or just the data in terms of what's working and what's not. Um, as well as, you know, social distancing and if that's going to be a thing for the rest of our lives, who knows, right? Yeah. So it should be, uh, I think this is a, a cool story and, and I like that they're thinking about that in this specific time. Yeah, very good. All right. Let's talk some All Insta. Right. Yeah, yeah. So Instagram um, and maybe a trip to the Grammys, you know, if you play along. But Trident, the chewing gum brand, has launched this new campaign, kind of interesting. Uh, but they're collaborating with T-Pain, like the hip hop star T-Pain, um, to offer a free trip to the Grammys, if that happens, of course. Um, or you can get 10,500 US dollars in cash. Um, and the way that this works is, so the Mondelez own brand has launched this campaign that's called hashtag ChewTunes. Um, so you can basically like mix your own beats using this augmented reality filter, and then you can post, uh, post it on Instagram. Um, so, but you have to buy this specific pack of gum in order to be able to do this. So you have to scan a QR code within, um, these, this it's called, you know, it says like a Trident gum chew tunes pack or something. And, um, and so you have to just post it on Instagram or Twitter, and then you use the hashtag ChewTunes, Sweepstakes, and Trident Gum. So, um, you know, I think this is interesting. We've seen some other food 
type of companies do uh, you know a variety of, of campaigns trying to get people involved socially and uh, kind of you know have some level of organic growth within those platforms um, you know but what I find interesting is that you know the sales for gum have been slumping during COVID because it's more of an impulse buy right you're checking out and you just you know pick up that pack of gum and so I think they didn't give any specific numbers on how how far down the sales are, but obviously with people doing more like Instacart deliveries or you know online pickup, um, you know curbside pickup, they're just seeing a slump. But Instagram has seen a lot of growth. Obviously, more and more people are trying to, you know, interact digitally with other people since we're not doing a whole lot of that face-to-face these days and they've seen well they're forecasting a 14% rise this year Um, so I think that it's interesting that you're seeing this kind of convergence right like what's declining what's accelerating how can we blend those two and maybe sort of help you know drive awareness I mean the campaign as a whole is nothing super exciting to me personally but you know maybe people who love T-Pain and like to chew a lot of gum, this is like right up their alley. Um, you know, we see, we see a lot of things like with TikTok and all of this that come, become very viral. So something like this could be fun that, you know, kind of catches on for a moment. Um, but yeah, so this is going to run through November 1st. Uh, so yeah, go buy some gum and make some beats. Yeah. So I like this because I was just talking to my kids the other day and we were talking about people creating these videos or think they're beatboxers or, you know, whatever, like that age group of trying to create content, you know, I'm going to be the next star or whatever it is. Right. Um, especially around music. And so I think like this, this certainly appeals to a certain age group and category of, you know, people who are on Instagram who like to create content to like to be seen, whatever, whatever it is. Right. So, so I think there's there's definitely that that they're capitalizing on. What I love about this the most, though, is that you need to actually go buy some gum and, and to scan the thing to to start the process, right? So they're actually getting people, you know, out there to you know go and get their gum. Probably you're gonna eat the gum, you know, or chew the gum or whatever, and um, and uh, you know maybe you'll like it. Maybe that'll be you know a product for you going forward. So like it's kind of an interesting way to kind of get people socialized, you know, to, or, you know, sampling their product even, right. In that sense and paying for it. Um, So that to me is very interesting um, because often when you see these social campaigns, it doesn't involve a purchase um, typically. Right. So, so I like that aspect of it a lot. Um, And I think obviously it's going to create a ton of uh, content for them on, on the, on Instagram. Um, you know, I also like that they're running this for a significant period of time. It's not just like a two week campaign. It's there till November 1st. Right. So I think there's a good amount of time for people to kind of get out there and kind of, you know, get involved with this and, you know, maybe get some kind of competition going, you know, between people and, you know, things like that as well. So I, I think this, this has got some legs. I, I like it, you know, and Mondelez, you know, they're always doing some cool things, you know, especially with Oreo. But good to see it on Trident too. Um, all right. Final story now. Uh, shifting over to Japan and um, 
lifestyle brand company over there, Muji, um, is doing something very interesting. Um, so, you know, you've probably all been to a Muji store, um, you know, along the way. They've got, you know, very sort of, um, you know, I, I think of them as like the Japanese version of Ikea. Uh, sort of right like they've got kind of that minimalist, you know, sort of low-cost, you know stuff some nicer things, you know, whatever um, but simple um, But yeah, very interesting uh, company and they've got some great stores. We've got some here in Toronto um, and uh, But what they're doing is during this COVID time they are taking their products on the road in a repurposed tourist bus and they're selling their products to people who live in mountainous areas of japan that can't get normally to where their stores are so i think it's it's super interesting we saw i saw a similar project um about a year ago from patagonia as well you know kind of going into the the rural parts of uh um Chile or you know some different Latin American markets but uh, yeah I think this is is very interesting so um, the um, world's largest Muji store is located in Tokyo's uh, Naotsu shopping center and so they're basically you know um, trying to reach people who have difficulties getting into the city um, and make sure that they can get to those people and those people have access to their products and services so for the whole um, they're, they're kind of driving around for the whole month of August going all over the country to highly inaccessible areas uh, and starting to test this out. And then they're going to kind of go full scale in September, including clothes, stationery, toiletries, cleaning, cooking supplies, kind of the whole gambit of what Muji sells. Uh, they're going to talk to local residents. They're going to listen to their needs and their worries and, you know, see if they can, you know, kind of work to create a more sustainable community where they can help each other and foster new relationships. So that's sort of the, the underlying goal besides selling stuff. Um, so, yeah, um, I think this is interesting. I think it's always interesting when, you know, big brands, big retailers, you know, sort of go into the community and engage. And I'll, I'll end my part before I turn it over to you with one similar experience I had uh, here. So, I remember a few years back, uh, Lowe's was opening up a new store uh, in my neighborhood. It was the first kind of Lowe's store in the area. And um, instead of kind of just doing, you know, sending out the flyers or the ads saying, you know, store opening, come out for the store opening. What they did was, is they actually um, went and, and got a potted plant from their garden uh, center or whatever. And they delivered one, they, they sent like uh, trucks around uh, to every house in my neighborhood, you know, basically stopping in with a potted plant and an invitation to come to the store opening, um, which, you know, we could get to because it's accessible. But like, you know, the idea of kind of going out into your community, though, and engaging with, with people who are your potential customers, I think is, is brilliant. And you can't do better location based marketing than that. Like it's it doesn't have to be digital just has to be connecting with people around you over to you yeah I agree I think that um, you know it wasn't that that long ago maybe like four or five shows we had been talking about sort of the convenience factor and how can you take things that are old right the the idea of you know the vegetable truck that comes around or the milk truck or you know the soda or whatever it is um, that kind of comes into a community on a regular basis and, you know, make that new and fresh again and 
to me, this is kind of along those same lines, right? So how do you make this more convenient for people who, you know, have a hard time maybe getting down to specific areas? And, uh, you know, I think that this is something that could easily be replicated in so many different verticals and across a lot of different uh, retail. So whether that's home improvement or just home goods um, or, you know, just supplies that you might need on a regular basis, um, I think that taking those things out, um, you know, for example, you mentioned Ikea, right? So like we have an Ikea store here, but it's, you know, it, it's not like it's far, but it's kind of a hassle to drive over to and go through the whole store and pick out what you want. I mean, it is like a, you know, you have to dedicate a day to do that pretty yeah. much. So, you know, if there was like an Ikea tour truck that went to the different suburban areas of Metro Atlanta, then, you know, I think that you would have a lot of, of uh, growth and also awareness about different offerings that are there. So I think that that's a really smart idea and I like how they're kind of scaling it, you know, starting small and then being able to grow that. And obviously as people see more that's there, they have, it sounds like they would easily have the ability to maybe pre-order things that, you know, they want to come to them. Um, so I like it. I mean, I think it's smart and I, it makes me just think about like what else can we do that's sort of along the same lines that offers convenience and kind of tightening that community a little bit more. Yeah. And, and I agree with your point about Ikea. Like, so here in, in Toronto area where I am, um, we have a bunch of these little um, Ikea pickup outlet stores. So it's like a mini Ikea and you kind of go in there and they have uh, like their top 100 items like physically available that you can shop in person. Um, and then the rest of it, they have like a whole catalog area where you can kind of like, or like flip through the catalogs and order, you know, on site. And then anything that you order, can, you can pick up there or can be, you know, delivered there. And that's local in your like local area. Um, and then of course we still have like the big giant Ikea stores that are the day long experience as well. But, um, yeah, so there you go. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Four very interesting uh, news stories there. Um, you've been listening to episode number 475 of Location Weekly. We thank you, as always, for your time. And if you have ideas for stories, if you have feedback, um, you know, please reach out to us. We're available on all the channels out there. If you're watching the video version of this, the contact information is on the screen. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, yet another episode. Have a great week, everybody. And, uh, you know, happy baseball, people. Yeah, there you go. All right, bye.